Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. <clears throat> so I found a an article from the Chicago Tribune, and it is from 1912. And it is asking people to write in their embarrassing moments. So I have some really, really old embarrassing moments. My embarrassment was when I learned that a girl I went around with a little but did not love was engaged. To give her the impression that I was wasting her time, I went over and proposed. My embarrassment can be easily imagined when she accepted me. Next one, after being married by a justice of the peace, my husband and I went to a hotel to live temporarily. We had just entered our room when I remembered I had forgotten to make a certain purchase. So telling my husband I would be back soon, I started to go out. When I was leaving, he said he would wash up and shave before I came back. My purchase made, I returned to the hotel and rushed into our room, as I thought. Sure enough, there was my hubby with face full of lather ready to shave, his back toward the door as I came in. Rushing forward, I pulled his face down and kissed it. What is lather when you are newly wed? Next moment, I screamed and rushed out of the room. Why? It was not my husband. (laughs) Embarrassed, rather. (laughs) That's from October 12th, 1913. Hmm. I was all dressed for my wedding, ready to step into a carriage to be taken to church. One of the party who was re- was to remain at home to greet us upon our return, reminded me that I had forgotten my prayer book. I remembered I had placed it al- among a collection of various articles on a table in my boudoir. I wanted to, st- to say one more goodbye to the room in which I had spent such a happy, carefree child- uh, girlhood, so insisted that I myself return for it. I hurried to my room, quickly snatched up my prayer book, as I supposed, and rushed back to the carriage. We were inside the church a few moments, and I was marching intently down the aisle to the strains of some song I can't pronounce. Then I discovered that instead of my prayer book, in my hand, I tightly clasped a fresh cake of soap. (laughs) (laughs) This one I laughed way too hard at. My most embarrassing moment was the first time I used the moving stairway in a department store. As I was trying to get on, my feet slipped out from under me and I sat down flat. I could not get up and was forced to go all the way down in that undignified position. (laughs) That was bad enough, but it was worse to find myself flat on the floor when I got to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) That would be weird in 1912, the first time. Yes. I was at a masquerade ball, and on account of a large crowd, a number of us were standing on the seats in order to see the prizes given out. The seats were folding ones like those in the theater, and as I was standing too near the back of it, the seat flew up, my foot went down, and I couldn't get out. (laughs) Six young men rushed to my rescue, and with great difficulty pulled me out while the crowd roared and I blushed furiously. (laughs) Some years ago, I gave a cornet solo 
at a religious meeting held at a home of a minister whose flock was of the long-faced, never-smiling variety. As I took my position to play, I noticed that I stood beside the cage of a wicked-looking parrot. I blew the first note and was startled to hear a disgusted shut up from the parrot. (laughs) It was with difficulty that I kept on playing, but when a second and more disgusted shut up came, I broke down completely and laughed, actually laughed while a smile showed, while not a smile showed on a single face in the congregation. Greatly embarrassed, I took up the solo once more. The parrot started in again, and its mistress covered the cage with a cloth, whereupon the parrot yelled with a world of gratitude in its voice, Thank goodness! (laughs) The result of this was a loud blast on the cornet caused by a a spasmatic laugh into it. The startled congregation looked at me, and embarrassed and disgraced, I went to my seat. (laughs) What a bunch of asses they're how could you not laugh they're church people (laughs) i never passed through a turnstile when my sister paid my fare at the south side elevated station one night at rush hour she passed through and pushed the contravance around once and a half ways so that one of the spokes pointed at me I pushed the style around so I could fit into one of the right-angled spaces, and by doing so, I registered my fare. I hadn't a cent of money. The cashier suggested my climbing over, but how could I with a tight skirt? I got down on my hands and knees and crawled under with the hearty laughs of the spectators greatly embarrassed me. (laughs) In the boarding house I patronized a good many years ago, was a man whose head was as barren of hair as a billiard ball. We made a great deal of sport of him, unknown to him, of course. One day, as I passed behind him on my way from the dining room, I picked up a bottle of ketchup from the next table and, presuming that it was corked, shook it over the head of the bald man, imitation of a barber applying a hair tonic. A stream of ketchup flew from the bottle and covered the man's head. I was too embarrassed to even attempt an explanation. I am now as bald as that man was, and I presume that is my punishment. (laughs) Next one, in my first year at college, the literary club gave a play. In the first act, I was a... uh, What is that word? I know I know it. Courtier? 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 Mm-hmm. In a black in black silk short clothes, a mustache and a very and very much bepowdered wig. In the second act, I took the part of a lady in waiting, a very very dignified and in this instant a very dramatic part. All the changing I had to do was slip my court dress on over my short clothes, change wigs, and leave off my mustache. I had little time for my friends in between these two acts. These friends stayed for quite a time. Consequently, I was somewhat hurried in my changing. When I heard my cue, I hastily changed wigs, rushed onto the stage, and started my most dramatic speech. When I turned to give a full emphasis to the most important part, I heard a shout of merriment from the audience and saw a look of consternation on the faces of my fellow actors. I could not imagine the cause of it. Then, putting my hand up to my face in a confused way, I had found I had left my mustache on. (laughs) 
When employed by a loop firm some years ago, my employer was the recipient of four boxes of cigars from a customer to liquidate his debt. Not being a smoker, he divided them among the office clerks, each of us receiving from 20 to 25 cigars. Not having significant room for them in my vest pockets, I put the balance in my hat before leaving the office. Being unconscious of their presence there and meeting two lady acquaintances, I tipped my hat. As this happened on a crowded street, you can imagine my embarrassment seeing my cigars fall about the sidewalk. <laughs> Get over it, dude. Yeah, really. <laughs> Be the woman riding down the escalator on her ass. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, it was when a horse pulled a green stick up hat uh, off my hat while I was waiting for a streetcar in a busy corner. I'm not sure what that means. I visited some friends in the Grange, and while there, I purchased a large chicken and thought I would take it home alive. I tied its feet together and wrapped a white woolen shawl around it, allowing its head near the top so it could get air. Everything went well from the Grange to the Loop, but when I got... On my train car, I found it well filled up. I had been standing a few minutes holding my chicken like a baby when a gentleman saw me and, rising, quickly offered me his seat. I thanked him and sat down, and just as I did, the chicken poked out its head and let out a loud squawk, much to the amusement of the crowd in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, I was going out to Maywood one day on a West West Madison streetcar, When along the line somewhere, an Italian woman got on carrying a chicken with its legs tied. If it's the last lady. (laughs) She sat next to me, putting the chicken under the seat between us. The car was one of the old type with long seats facing each other and comfortably filled. As I was about to leave, there was a great flutter of wings at my feet. And on looking down at the bottom of my gown was a new laid egg. The woman's face had a broad smile as she picked up the egg and the chicken and said, Good, a chick. The car was simply in an uproar as I stalked out. That wasn't That's embarrassing either. Next <laughs> one, my uh, mother sent me to buy a live chicken at a butcher's three miles away as there was a sale. Returning on a train car, I was about a block away from home when a woman beside me gave a yell and there was my chicken standing in her lap. I had not seen it as I was looking out the window. Needless to say, I could not get out of the car soon enough. That would be funny. Uh, My name is John Skelton. I am not much of a praying man, at least not in public. Recently, I had business in Chicago, and being in the city on a Sunday morning, I went to one of the big churches. Just as the usher had seated me, the minister said, We will now be led in prayer by John Skelton. Embarrassed, I was stunned. Just as a cold sweat began to break over me, someone in front began to pray. My life was saved. There was another Jack Skelton. That's weird. That is weird. Next time, one evening after dinner, I went out to our little garage to back out our new car, and the kids followed me. I started the engine, but instead of backing out as I intended, I became confused by the thought that I might run over one of them and butted out the end of the garage. Our neighbors heard the crash and came running over to learn if anyone was hurt. I certainly was my most embarrassing moment when I told them how it all happened. (laughs) That would be embarrassing. (laughs) I was leaving the city and having a sale of my household goods with all my bric-a-brac conspicuously displayed on a shelf waiting for a buyer. 
Those are like knickknacks, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, an intimate friend happened in to say goodbye as we were talking. I noticed she kept looking at a pair of vases. I laughed and said, I'll sell you those antiques cheap. When she coldly replied that she recognized them as her wedding gift to me. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> Next one, I was walking along the railroad with my husband one afternoon when we became, or when we came upon a fish flopping breathlessly on the bridge. Thinking that it leapt upon the bridge and wanting to do a good Samaritan act, I picked the fish up and tossed it back into the water. I had no sooner done that than a head was thrust up from under the bridge. A fishing pole bobbed around with a gruff voice shouted at me, what the deuce did you throw my fish away for? My husband kept me from jumping into the lake after the fish. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my last one. One day at a circus, I had on a hat, the crown of which was covered with lilies and green leaves. I was standing in front of the lion's cage when I felt something pulling at the top of my hat and everyone was laughing. When I looked up to see what was wrong, the giraffe in the next cage was just swallowing the last of the lilies on my hat. <laughs> Not too embarrassing. These were pretty tame compared to... Oh, yeah. I just thought it would be... Actually, there's one more. Yeah, I can read it. Uh, when quite young, I was called to testify in a lawsuit. I had never been in a courtroom before. When I was called to the witness stand to give my testimony, the officer whose duty it was to administer the oath began raise your right hand then do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth i raised my right hand and repeated it after him sol solemnly as could be raise your right hand do you swear to tell the truth nothing but the truth the jurors wiggled in their seats the court acted as though they were witnessing the movies and the judge pounded his desk with the gavel if it hadn't been for the cold look that our lawyer gave me i might be wondering what they were laughing at <laughs> Yeah, those weren't too embarrassing, but I thought it would be interesting. Those were from, like, between 1912 and 1915, I think. Yeah, and I think people were a lot more... Um, Proper? Yes. Yeah. Than they are now, so... Yeah. Could you imagine some of the stuff that people have written in about being, you know, embarrassed? How they would react to something like that? No. Back then? Well, oh, my God. It would be... It would have been so much more dramatic you know what i mean back yeah. then if yeah like certain things happen <laughs> <laughs> now we're like eh. yeah <laughs> whatever all right this week i did um unsettling driving at night stories Ooh, okay great i have to drive home oh at night okay <laughs> it was about 3 a.m and we were lost in a rural area we came across a farm with a nice little wood sign in the front proclaiming it the Hanging Tree Farm. Oh, God. Complete with a noose burned into the wood. Oh, my God. I'm not too proud to say I freaked the fuck out and demanded we leave. Yeah, that would be unsettling. <laughs> I don't want to be at the Hanging Tree Who Farm. Who name their farm at? Oh, no, they're weird. Oh, my. Driving back from my dad's late one night, I was only about 10 minutes into an hour's drive, and I felt something touch my head. Not like a tickle, but a proper touch like the way you ruffle kids' hair. Oh, my God. I slammed my brakes on, checked the back seats, and there was nothing there. Drove home absolutely bricking it and scared to look in my rearview mirror. What the fuck? I would flip out. That is terrifying. That and, like, is. You're driving. What the fuck are you going to do? And yeah. there's nothing there? Ugh. Oh, my God. No. 
Several years ago, I was driving home from a weekend camping trip. It was a very curvy, very tight, and very winding road. I had driven this road quite a bit in the past, as I am a regular camper in the area. It's very much worth noting that this road doesn't intersect on any other road for about 18 miles. There are only very narrow turnouts on the side of the road to allow for faster traffic to pass. So I'm driving along, no drugs in my system but nicotine. Seemingly out of nowhere, a black Cadillac with heavily tinted windows comes up on me at high speed. He's right up my ass, so I pull off the road and let him pass me. No biggie. As soon as I've gotten back up to the speed limit, an identical vehicle is up my ass again. I'm now slightly annoyed, but not scared in any way. I pull over and let the driver pass again, then continue on my way. Guess what happens next? Yep, the same car comes up on me again and again and again. It happened six times total. Unfortunately, there were no identifying marks on the vehicle, and I was unable to read the plates because, well, I didn't want to fly off the mountainside while looking over. (laughs) Oh my god, what? It's almost like a phantom car or something yeah that reminds me that like gave me nightmare on elm street vibes for some reason like you're stuck in a dream or something oh yeah creepy one time i was driving from pittsburgh where i went to school back home to visit my family in maryland as i was driving i was talking to my little brother on the phone when he paused for a second and asked who are you bringing with you i told him it was just me and i asked him why he said because i hear a little girl laughing from your end of the line (laughs) It was like 2 a.m. when this took place, and that was the longest three-hour trip of my life. (laughs) I've had a few run-ins with this little girl, one before this event, a few after, but the fact that I was basically trapped in the car for a few hours made it pretty unnerving. Oh my gosh, that is so scary. That's creepy. I was driving all night from Columbus, Georgia to Washington, D.C. I had just finished some army nonsense that evening, but it was incredibly important that I make it to Washington in time for a 0715 event. I don't know if that's how you say it. <laughs> I was exhausted. Somewhere in western North Carolina, the highway got very misty. I had one of those creepy feelings where I didn't want to look in the rearview mirror because I didn't want to see what evil was lurking in the back seat. Instead, I opted to turn all the lights on in my car. My eyes were off the road for a second, and when they returned, I swore there was a woman in rags standing 15 meters from my hood, staring straight into my high beams. I slammed on the brakes and skidded to a stop, straight through where she was standing. Oh my god. I was sweating, shaking, and freezing. There was nothing and no one else on that road, just me being terrified. What the fuck? I don't know... Oh, these are scary. (laughs) Was driving with a friend way out in Bumblefuck, (laughs) and it was probably around 1 a.m., and we drove over a huge swath of blood. A few seconds later, there was another one. The blood was very fresh. I guess someone hit a deer or something, but you'd think that with that much blood, there would have been some other evidence, not to mention that deer can wreck the shit out of a car. I didn't see any other vehicles or any carcasses on the side of the road. Still, though, something could have gotten injured and stumbled off into the woods. Teenagers that we were, we of course imagined something much more nefarious. That is unsettling. That is weird. That nothing was there. Yeah. Unless something did get hit and they already cleaned it up. I guess it's possible. 
So we lived in the middle of nowhere, and to get into that middle of nowhere, you took a long stretch of road that was surrounded by empty fields all around. Well, I'm driving home at around midnight, and I crest this hill that takes you onto one of the longer flat stretches, and in the farthest reach of my headlights is this guy without a shirt on standing on the other side of the road. At that moment, I'd say we were 20 miles from town and another 10 from any of the people living out there. I screamed as I passed him and soon lost him in the darkness behind me. There were no cars on the side of the road to hint he had broken down or anything. I didn't see anything else the entire drive home, so it was probably one of the scariest things that's happened to me while living out there. And I've seen some shit, so that's saying something. Creepy. Some random dude in the middle of nowhere? I don't know. I don't know. It didn't seem that creepy to me. Well... I mean, if there was nowhere that he could have come from, I guess. I I could see how that would be startling if you were driving. You would never expect to see anybody out there. No car, no, you know what I mean? Like, it would be unsettling. I get it, you know. It's not as scary as some lady in rags standing in front of your hood, (laughs) but still unsettling. I was driving through a deserted town and a ghost lady appeared in my car and started screaming and scratching me. What? I hit the gas all the way until I got out. I hit the gas all the way until I got out of the town. Once I got out of the town, she started getting a lot weaker and disappeared after a couple seconds. I had to go to the hospital because I was bleeding so much. I was afraid to tell them what actually happened for fear they might think I was psychotic And not let me leave, so I just said I couldn't tell them, and no, I don't want to file a police report. I'm pretty sure they thought it was a person that I was afraid to rat out. That is fucking... What? (laughs) Those are the ones that are really hard to believe, because what what the fuck? Yeah. That's like something from a movie. Like, legit. Yeah, definitely. I was driving down a country road out in North Carolina at 3 a.m. in the morning with a cousin of mine. After about an hour of driving down a dirt road, we came across a hospital stretcher with blood on it. Oh, my God. The stains looked relatively fresh. We booked it the fuck out of there. What? That? Why would they leave it there? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) Um, We were driving from VT. Vermont. Okay. To CO. Colorado. Okay. For some concerts. Somewhere in NE. NE, Nebraska. Okay. (laughs) It was real late and I had been driving for hours and my wife was passed out. I was falling asleep so I pulled off the interstate onto an off-ramp to take a nap. When I woke up, I was at a different off-ramp. I don't remember driving at all. Ew, what? That's creepy. That is. I was in high school driving from work around 10 at night to my boyfriend's family's house. It was a windy rural road that had lots of urban legends. I came around a curve and saw a flash of light. There was a whole family, mom and dad, and little kids standing across the road road, holding hands, staring at the stars. Um, I swerved and missed them. The flash of light was my headlights reflecting off the child's eyeglasses. Oh, my God. I was so shook up. I called the police when I got to my boyfriend's. 
pre-cell phone days. No idea if they were committing suicide or what. Oh my god, That is fucking weird. That sounds like culty or something. Ugh. Weird. Saw an old man sluggishly walking down a country road in the middle of the night wearing an old torn up duster and some boots. Because it was a narrow old road, we slowed down. He was covered in mud and dragging a really large burlap bag behind him with something obviously heavy in it. When he noticed us coming, he turned away and pulled up his coat to hide his face. Then desperately, while kicking his bag until it rolled into the ditch. He kept hiding his face as he scurried and vanished into the cornfield next to the road. We did not stop to see what was in the bag and got the fuck out of there. The next day, we drove by again, and no bag was to be found, but we could see tracks from where he went into the field. I don't like that. I don't like that either. My friends and I were out one night in town and were heading back to his house. There was a railroad track in between town and his house, and when we got to it, there was a car coming across going the opposite direction we were. We all had our windows down, and one of my buddies got the bright idea to scream, Hey! at the car as we passed them. Well, we continued, not thinking anything of it. A few seconds later, we see car lights behind us, and they were coming up fast. They were close enough for us to notice that it was the car we had just passed at and screamed at. We tried to not think anything of it, but every time we would turn, they would too. Mm. We eventually got to a stop sign after we passed his house. We refused to stop at this point, and we put our blinker on to go right. They did as well. We turned left, and they did too. At this point, we were just worried we had screamed at the wrong person and they were just pissed off. We took another turn down a long straight straightaway road and hauled ass. We eventually started breaking away from the car and it honestly looked like it just stopped in the road. We We sped all the way down the road and planned to take the long way back to his house. We went to turn on his road and to get back to his house and ended up passing the exact same car. We seen their brake lights as if they were going to stop and turn around. So as soon as we passed them, I drove as fast as I could just to get to his house and ended up actually parking behind his house. We all got out of the car and hid behind the house. And just a few seconds later, we seen the, the car drive by and he just kept going. We were probably overreacting about the whole situation, but I sure as hell wasn't going to stop and see what this guy's motives were. It doesn't sound like they were overreacting. That's creepy. Yeah, that is super creepy. They, like, were relentless. My girlfriend was driving on the road about 35 miles per hour. A man ran out into the street a few hundred feet down the road. He then proceeded to run at her car screaming, Kill me! Hit me now and kill me! Oh, my God. She came to a complete stop in front of him, then drove around him while he continued yelling at her. Dude was out of his mind. Oh, my. That's scary. Yeah. Saw a craft, a black triangle with white and red lights hovering above, or hovering about 50 or so feet above some houses. Pulled over, rolled down the window, and killed the engine. It made no noise. Sat there watching it for a few minutes before circling the block to get a better view, and it was just gone. Creepy. Today when I was driving home, I got stuck behind a pickup truck with a ladder tied to the top of it. Usually I try to avoid driving behind vehicles with things tied to the top of them, but due to the traffic, I couldn't change lanes. As I was following it, I noticed that the, a small, the small amount of twine that was holding the ladder to the truck started to loosen. 
Before I could get out from behind the truck, the ladder came flying off the truck at highway speeds. Thankfully, the last bit of the twine snagged on a rung, causing the ladder to drop short. Nevertheless, I was rather shaken up. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. A spider started to descend from the ceiling and then dangled directly in front of my face. No. <laughs> no. I would probably immediately wreck. <laughs> yeah. That, I've, I've actually done that before. I mean, I didn't wreck or anything, but there was a spider and I'm like, freaking out. <laughs> okay. This week I did guardian angel stories. Oh, cool. When I was in my 20s, I spent four years traveling the world. I was in South Africa, just outside Durban, and a friend had taken me on his motorbike to his favorite waterfall. We had both been swimming when I got cold and went to sit on a patch of green grass. To get there, I had to step from the sand I was on over a log, then across a bit of a bit to the grass. I was walking medium speed and lifted one foot to step over the log when a very loud, booming, masculine voice shouted, Stop! Except the shout wasn't heard with my ears. It was inside my head. Hard to explain. Also, there was nobody else around except Tim and I, and he was still happily swimming. I stopped wondering what had just happened when I still had my foot in the air above the log. I looked around and spotted what I thought was a leaf waving about six inches from my big toe. It took me a few seconds to realize it wasn't a leaf, but a snake, a black mamba. He had his head raised and was licking the air right near my toe. He was waiting to see my next move, and he had seen me long before I saw him. I slowly backed up and walked very carefully backwards to where Tim was. I have no explanation for the voice that I heard, except it was so loud and inside my head rather than hear heard with my ears. And it came at the time when I didn't feel in any danger at all. In fact, I was very calm and happy. I feel that it was my guardian angel who shouted at me to stop as I would have stepped right on the snake. My guardian angel saved my life. Hmm. Next one, my sister had a similar experience. She was in a car wreck and her, her 70s grocery getter started flipping through the air. A voice loudly told her to lift her arms. She broke a bone in her hand, but she was told that by doing that, it probably saved her life. Her hand took the brunt of the landing, and she did not fall on her head. That's so cool. It is. It's crazy. Once when I was with a small group of four, stuck in a very, very difficult circumstances without food, we would no doubt be rescued within 24 hours, but a lot could happen before that. One guy pulled out a box of six beautiful Belgian chocolate truffles from his jacket and offered them around. Chocolate. I was almost was reaching for one when I heard a voice screaming inside me, don't touch that. So I didn't. They were laced with LSD and they were and we were trapped in Central America conflict zone in the middle of the night. Nothing in my consciousness could have ever suggested to me that someone would do something so stupid under such circumstances. That's crazy. Why were they laced with LSD? I don't know. Uh, next one, about 20 years ago, my family was getting ready to move across the country for my dad's job, and my grandmother was worried sick. She was not elderly back then and in perfect health. She was in church, worrying, worried and praying that we would be safe being so far away. Suddenly, a booming voice echoed through the whole church, I will take care of your family. 
She shot up, looked around. No one else had heard it. No one. She knows it was God for her or her guardian angel telling her we would be okay. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Next one. I've never been one. I've never seen one, but I've always had a, feel, a feeling of being watched over or protected. I've been incredibly lucky in my life. For instance, my I'm epileptic, and the first time I had a grand mal seizure as opposed to a petite mal seizure was when I was 15. I had it in the shower one morning while getting ready for school. I hit my head on the faucet so hard that it knocked that I knocked it loose, but came away from it with a mild concussion. That's happened several times, and each time I just barely missed serious injury. When my insurance company and pharmacy gave me a generic medication instead of the name brand that I needed, I had a seizure. This time I was driving in front of a box, a big box retailer that I work for. This place is always busy, not Walmart. And somehow I managed to not hit anyone and only hit a small tree. Someone dropped the ball in the ER and didn't report the accident to the DMV and I didn't lose my license. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Years later, I made the mistake of driving after a few beers, and when a car stopped in the middle of making a turn, I lightly tapped them and went to jail. I learned my lesson and would never do it again, but that lesson could have been so much worse. There are other things, mostly small but meaningful events, that could have and should have been so much worse than they were, but things seem to work out for the best and lessons are learned. I'm not sure I believe in God, but I do believe that there's something that for some reason has protected me and now my family. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next one, a few months back at a family gathering after a few glasses of wine, my mom shared this story from when she was a kid. She and a childhood friend were walking home from school one day and about to cross a country road that was normally deserted. They'd been warned to be careful around that road before, but being kids never thought about much about it. On one occasion, she said they got to the road and she was overcome with a sense of dread. She felt rooted to the spot as if something was literally holding her in place. Her friend started crossing without her and a guy in a truck happened to be speeding along, not paying attention, and ran over her friend. Mm. The girl died later in the hospital. My mom sincerely believes that her guardian angel saved her life that day, but that makes me wonder about the other little girl. Her angel was taking a smoke break or something. Could you imagine that happening in Absolutely front of you? fucking not. No. That would be horrible. No, yeah. Especially if you like like survivor's guilt would probably oh, yeah. be a huge thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh my experience with with spirit spirit <laughs> guardians happened this way. I was traveling west on a divided four-lane highway. There were openings for turns about every quarter mile. It was 6.30 a.m. and raining, just enough to piss you off, so misting or spitting. A woman T-bones me on the back driver's side fender. I spin and come to a rest in the median, all grass and mud from the rain. Out of nowhere, a guy shows up to my driver's side window. He has a large cowboy hat on. He says, you are going to be okay, and holds my hand. I asked him what his name was, and he looked away like he doesn't want to tell me. Then he says, Bill Hill. I smiled and said, thank you. Another motorist who stopped calls 911 and an ambulance is dispatched. Dispatched. When they arrive, he moves out of the way for the EMTs to get me out of the car. The car is total. No glass left. Get checked out and get 
to go home with r- broken ribs and shattered kneecap. A few days later, my mom takes me to see the, the car. What a wreck. I told her to help get some personal items from the car. When I looked in the back seat, and there is that dude's cowboy hat. I told my mom about him, and we both proceeded to try and find him to thank him for being so kind. He never existed, and we lived in a small town of only a few thousand at the time. We checked with police and churches and everywhere. How did his hat get in my back seat? He wore it the whole time he held my hand and had the hat on when he got out of the way for the EMTs. I think he was an angel. Why would I have his hat? That's crazy. Next one, I was free climbing a 30-foot cliff face once. The face was almost shale rock with plenty of handholds, and I was young and dumb. Two-thirds of the way up, my left handhold broke free as I was reaching with my right and started to fall. You know that feeling when you're tilting back in a chair and you tilt just a little too far? That's exactly what I felt like. I started to fall backwards, and everything got real slow. I knew I was going to die or at best be injured. I felt a hand gently press press against my back right in between my shoulder blades. It felt like a perfectly normal right hand and it pushed me back against the rock face. It took a moment. I took a moment to steady myself. I was pretty shaken up and then climbed down safely. I'm inclined to believe that it was a guardian angel, but that is solely based on my religious background. And I don't know where said guardian angel was when I got hit by a car. I suppose it could have been a hallucination, but I don't do drugs and I don't and I wasn't on any medications. I will probably never know what happened, but I am very thankful I didn't fall. See, those are the stories that are crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, because they had they like felt it. They knew yeah. they were falling. They knew they were going to get hurt or even die. And then like they were back on the. Yeah, mountain. that would be crazy to go through. Yeah. Something like that. Next one. We were moving from southern Washington to northern Washington, me and my old pickup and my wife and son in our other car following. The fuel pump on the pickup gives out and I pull over just past an on-ramp off the highway. I send my wife and son to buy a new fuel pump and start to remove the old one. I'm standing on the traffic side of the truck at least 10 feet off the highway, not really concerned that I'd get hit, when a voice sounds close to my ear, you're going to get hit. I've heard that voice often enough to know not to disregard it and move to the other side of the truck at least 50 feet away. Sure as shit, not more than two minutes later, another pickup comes down the ramp at 50 plus miles an hour, broadsides my truck from the back bumper to the front. If I would have stayed working on the pump, I've been turned into a jelly smear on the side of my truck. That's crazy. Why is someone driving like a dumbass like that? Really, Jody? Do you drive? Yes, because they are I do. everywhere. People are they're stupid. morons. I it's unbelievable the amount of stupidity on the roads. Next one. I was driving one time and it was white out snow. Anyone who's driven in that weather knows you kind of get hypnotized by the snow. I heard someone calling me by my nickname. I woke up and I was on the other side of the road about to hit an oncoming car. Luckily, I managed to move in time. I think it was my godfather who had passed away. I always feel like he's watching over me. That's scary. Yeah. My friend and I were sitting at a traffic light very late one night when his car just stalled. He tried and tried to get it to restart, but we couldn't get it to get it going. We pushed, uh, we jumped out and pushed it into a parking lot of a gas station, and that that was next to where the car died. 
We were having trouble getting it up an incline when out of nowhere a guy came jogging up from the direction of the gas station. He got on the other side of the car and helped push it up the incline out of the street and into the lot. We thanked him for his help and he took off. Just then a car came speeding around the curve and blew through the intersection where the car was just a minute before. My buddy and I were shocked because if that guy didn't show up when he did, we would have been hit by that car. We turned back around to say thank you to the guy again, but he was gone, just disappeared into thin air. I truly believe he was an angel sent to protect us that night. Sounds like it. That's nice. Next one, a friend of mine told me about an experience his grandmother had when she was home alone once. In the middle of the day, someone knocked on her door. She went to answer it, and she was greeted by a man with a knife ready to kill her and loot the place. Mm. But when, she, when he saw her, he went pale and ran. He was later caught and questioned as to why he ran, and his response was, When the door opened, I saw two large and strong men's, men standing behind her, and to this day my friend swears it must have been two angels sent to protect her. Mm. I have chills. Yeah, I do that's too. A, that's amazing. I mm-hmm. love that. That's great. Yeah, I saw two huge dude, dudes. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> Uh, Next one, my aunt had a similar experience when she rolled her Jeep as a teenager. Mid-roll, she was taken out of the Jeep and sort of floated or hovered over the road until she was placed feet first on the ground. (laughs) She later noticed she she had bruises resembling handprints on both of her biceps. No other bruises or scars from the incident. What? That's crazy. This is my mother's story. When I was little, we used to live in an old house that was probably close to 100 years old. I was around three or four years old at the time and very sick. My room and my mother's room were right next to each other, and my parents split up that year, so it was just my mom, my sister, and I in the house. She said that while everyone was asleep, she woke up to someone standing in front of her around eye level with her, and while she was laying in bed, so around two and a half feet, I suppose, she said it looked like me, exactly like me, and it was glowing white but transparent and still. The someone had long brown hair, which is what I did have, and was wearing a white nightgown. The night she saw this, I had been very, very sick, and I wasn't turning around. After she blinked a few times, the someone dissolved, and she got up to check on me. I had a fever with shivers and was coughing and almost choking on my own mucus. She took me to the hospital right then, and the doctor said if she hadn't, I probably would have died from choking in my sleep or from how close I was to catching pneumonia. My mom loves telling this story and truly believes it was my guardian angel telling her it wasn't time yet and that I needed her help. Hmm. That's cute. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. Did funny tweets. Okay. My seven-year-old just asked me when was his birthday. Birthday. I told him his birthday and the exact time of birth. Him. You know too much of my personal business. (laughs) Uh, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Kids should come with a skip intro button for their stories. Oh my gosh. That's funny. The funniest thing that's ever happened to me as a parent is once my two-year-old was having a full-on meltdown and accidentally kicked an electronic toy dinosaur and it went, can you feed me? And my son, through massive sobs, goes, No, I can't right now, dinosaur, and continued screaming. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yesterday at the zoo, I fell in love with my kids all over again after seeing the scary animal species called other kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Other kids are always the worst. They are. Their parents never do it right. (laughs) (laughs) I gave my toddler my phone for a minute and now i have 254 photos of her ear to delete (laughs) (laughs) i just gained 30 minutes to myself by betting my kid she couldn't sneeze without closing her eyes follow me for more eye-opening parenting tips The fact that my eight-year-old farted in my face right after I told him that I'd had a terrible day has me thinking that all those fairy tales about parents leaving their kids in the woods may have actually been true stories. (laughs) Picked up my son and his girlfriend last night and asked what they wanted to listen to, and she said Fleetwood Mac is 14 too early to plan the wedding. Aw. Oh, my. (laughs) My son has a dentist appointment at 2.30 p.m. tomorrow. At only 17, he has already achieved the dental joke dream I've been striving to reach for 46 years. I don't understand. I don't get it. (laughs) Must be stupid. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We don't get it. It's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) My daughter just cried during a Christmas commercial and then asked... Why do they do that? Welcome to commercialism, kiddo. (laughs) We all ask that question. (laughs) I offered my son a butter cookie and he tried it, said he didn't like it at all, ate the whole thing and asked for three more. (laughs) (laughs) Liar. (laughs) (laughs) These are gross. Can I have another one, please? And another and another. (laughs) (laughs) Parents to their firstborn, don't hurt yourself. Parents to their last born, try not to kill yourself. (laughs) Time is a human construct, I wrote on my kid's school tardy excuse. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Four-year-old, mom, the whistle makes my brain hurt. Me, same. Four-year-old blows the whistle again. Awesome. God. My six-year-old wanted me to pretend to be her mom, and I said, I am your mom. And she said, but like a cool, young, fun mom. Oh, my God. I'm glad I tore up my body to birth her just to get shredded to pieces like that. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> no, not like you. <laughs> I want like a cool, young. A cool like... mom, not, <laughs> not you. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing prepared me for the... For the stage where I'd randomly turn around to find my one-year-old crouching golem style on the table eating his siblings' leftovers as if I never feed him. What the fuck? (laughs) Welcome to parenthood. You never thought you'd want to fight a five-year-old, but here we are. We can't punch children. We can't punch children. We can't punch them in the face. No, we can't. I wish my five-year-old could tell me something without saying, Daddy, can I tell you something? (laughs) You're going to miss that one day. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Sometimes my six-year-old surprises me with her maturity, and other times she gets mad at her hot chocolate for being hot. (laughs) Took my nine-year-old to school. I don't usually get to. I said bye, but she walked straight in. No word, no hug, not even a wave. That's weird, I thought, had I upset her. That evening, I asked if she was okay, 
And she really opened up and admitted that she thought I was really embarrassing. <laughs> That's exactly what every parent wants to yeah. hear. <laughs> Some days I can't imagine life without my husband. Other days he pops open a can of soda immediately after I've rocked the baby to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> my eight-year-old in a white t-shirt with a pomegranate and voila, tie-dye. <laughs> Dad's on vacation. I wonder how much rain we got at home. <laughs> what I say, be ready. We are leaving in five minutes. What the child hears, get undressed, start finger painting, lose at least one shoe. <laughs> a mom friend texted me at 9 p.m. to see if I wanted to go for a drink that same night. So I guess she's on drugs. <laughs> it must be. Exactly. That's the only explanation for that. Before becoming a parent, I didn't know I could ruin someone's life by providing them with food, water, juice, clothes, entertainment, and shelter for free. Right? <laughs> and that was my last one. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen. Is that it? I think so. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.